Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build His kingdom. We're going to be in John chapter 20, verse 1. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running, and Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. That would have been me, the one that Jesus loved. I would have outran Peter, and I would have got to the tomb. Yeah, (laughs) I would have been to the tomb first. But I would have went in. So he bent over and he looked in and sees the strips of linen laying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside and he saw and he believed. They still did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to raise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary, she stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked inside the tomb. And what she saw was two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Man, once he said her name, she turned around. She turned towards him, and she cries out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. He said, Go instead and tell your brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. See, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. See, the resurrection of Jesus is one of the central parts of our lives. It's the central parts of Christianity. When I confessed that Jesus was my Lord and Savior, one of the central parts was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he came and overcame the grave, no longer is dead. That's one good thing about our belief system compared to any other. Is our God still alive? Amen. We have a risen God. And today, this resurrection morning, I want to share with you how resurrection affects our lives and what it does and what it means to us today. The Word has three key purposes. It tells us who God is. It reveals who man is. And then it also reveals what God wants to do in and through man. See that resurrection power? It's still working in our lives today, 2,000 years later. All right? 2,000 years later, I like what Paul said. Paul says, hey, I want to experience the resurrection power. I want to know that power working in me. That's what I want. I want to know how is that resurrection power? How is it? He says it in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowships of his suffering being conformed to his death. I want to know what that's like. I want to die to myself, and I want to come up in some resurrected power. I want to do something new. I want people to not be able to recognize me. Is that the gardener? Wait, what happened to the Joe that I knew? I'm new, all right? I'm new. 
I got the resurrection power. Amen? See, the purpose for this message today is that we may all think like Paul. We may all begin to experience the resurrection power of Jesus in our lives. We will look at four key points of this resurrection power. We're going to look at the converting power. We're going to look at the conquering power. We're going to look at the conforming power. And we're going to look at the confirming power. It's a converting power. Man has a problem with sin, right? He was disobedient to God. There's a chance that it can convert us. It can change us. The Bible says that man's disobedience of, or sin separated us from God. And there was nothing, nothing that we could do to change this problem. Our works, our desires, nothing of ourselves could bring us back into relationship with God without Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23 says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? 1 John 1.8 If we say that we have no sin, we've deceived ourselves. And the truth is not in us. It's a converting power. So what's the solution? Jesus. He came to earth lived a sinless life, gave his life on the cross, resurrected all to bring me and you back into fellowship or relationship with God. Think about what he did and what he went through because he loved us so much that he said, I want a relationship with you. We know that God is amazing. And some people might say, well, why couldn't he have done it different? He could have. I don't know why, but he did it the way he did it. There was always a blood that was involved in the covenant. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you made alive who were dead in trespass and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of this air, the spirit who now works in the sons of the disobedient, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when we were dead to sin, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. By grace you've been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. Once you've accepted Christ, you're sitting in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of your works or yourself, but it's a gift from God. For by grace you've been saved and not of yourself. It's a gift from God. It's not what you did, it's about what he did. Not of the works, lest anyone should boast about it. It's not for what I've done. It's not because I went and got baptized that I got saved. It's not because I accepted communion and learn how to do communion that I got saved it's because I accepted Christ that I got saved and the only way I could accept Christ is by his grace and mercy, God's grace and mercy giving me the ability to do that he opened my eyes the eyes of my heart my spiritual eyes allowed me to see differently than how I used to walk he said so nobody would boast for we are his workmanship once we was created in Christ Jesus guess what it's time to do some good works when I accepted him, why didn't he just take me to heaven? Get me out of here. No, I got a purpose for you. Every person that's sitting here right now has a purpose, okay? I guarantee you, you have a purpose for the kingdom. All you got to do is look, pray, God, lead me. What is it that I'm supposed to be doing for you? And he'll show you. Whatever you've been through, I bet you he was grooming you 
to be fulfilling your purpose. Don't ever forget that in Christ Jesus, you're here to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He said, you know what? I already got this laid out for you. Come on. Just open the door up. I knock. I'm waiting for you to open. Once you open, let's get busy. See, the word convert means to change a state like water. You know, you have it in the air. And that's big gases. And then it changes to a liquid. And then it changes to the ground and it becomes ice when, when it gets frozen. But all of it's water. Convert means to change state. We as believers, once we've accepted Christ, we're still a person. We're just in a different state. We're just in a different mindset. We've been saved and our life is different now. We don't live as everyone else does. We changed. To be converted is to believe and confess and repent and receive John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm walking out of the grave, amen? Whosoever believeth in him, not whosoever believeth in him and add something else to it. Because remember, Paul said, hey, it's not by your works. It's by what God did for you. He loved you so much. He gave you the ability to have faith. You had faith and that's all it took. Nothing else. So many, that's simple right there. Just to think about the relationship and not the religion that's all wrapped up in this world. All right? Just a relationship. Just let me believe in you. Let me have a relationship with you. Let me be with you, Father. It has a conquering power. To conquer means subdue, to win, to overcome by force. There's a lot that Jesus has conquered. There's a lot that he's overcome on behalf of the power of his resurrection. The Bible declares that on the third day, Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Death, hell, the grave could not hold him down. And no matter how hard the enemy tried, Jesus couldn't be stopped. He could not be stopped. And as Christians, we must walk in that resurrection power that cannot be stopped. A conquering power. Romans 8, 37, 39. Yet in all these things, we were more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither not death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, no other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on. There's no storm. There's no valley. There's no attack. There's no need that God cannot handle in our situation. There's nothing you're going through right now that God can't take care of. Ephesians 1, 18, 21, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory, his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceedingly greatness in his power towards who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked out in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly father, the heavenly places, Far above the principalities and the power and the might and the dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and everything that's there, He's the top of. If, well, we got the president, we got the king, we got the queen of you. No! Guess what? God's over it. He's the big G God. You name it, He's the God of it. He's got a confirming power. Romans 12, 1 and 2, my favorite. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The process of conforming begins when you first receive Jesus. The word challenges us to be conformed to Christ and not the world. Sometimes that thins the flock out. Sometimes that thins the church out. You, all of a sudden you say, you know what? We're not supposed to be doing that. That's not something that God wants us to really do. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be in Christ. Follow Him. Conform to Christ. The Bible uses the idea of clay, right? Revealed the aspect of God's plan. We are to be workable in His hand. Just as clay is molded in the hands of the potter, so are we molded in God's hand. And we're supposed to be workable. We're supposed to be moldable. He's supposed to be able to say, hey, come on. Let that heart be not so hard and let's do this. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a new work in me, and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So how does the resurrection power conform us? It convicts us. It confronts us. And it consumes us. The resurrection power confronts us. If you're questioning, should I be doing this? There's a reason you're questioning it. And it's not your conscience. It's Holy Spirit that's working in you. It's the resurrection power that God has put inside of you that makes you think differently than how you used to think. What you used to think was okay isn't okay no more. It's changing. Confronts you. Consumes you. All I want is God. All I want is goodness that He has for me. It consumes my thought process. It should consume our thought pattern, knowing who Christ is. Because you know what? When it comes to that day, when we go in front of Him and say, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we raise the dead? Didn't we do all these things in your name? I believed in you. Well, even the demons believed in me. But I didn't know you. Depart from me, because I never knew you. You doers of iniquity. You knew the things about me. You was like the Pharisees that knew everything about the Torah. You knew the law. You could recite the Ten Commandments. You knew a lot. You knew all the scripture. But you didn't know me. Confirm means to establish or support the truth of something. See, that resurrection power of God confirms that just as Jesus has resurrected, so too will we be resurrected. Just as death could not hold Jesus down, so death will not be able to hold our mortal bodies down. Everything he did was given us examples he says, my body can't be held down. And guess what? As believers, our body's not going right. to be held down. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 57. So also the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown in natural body. It's raised in spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. 54 says, so when the corruptible has put on incorruption, the mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The sting of death and the strength of sin is in the law. But through Jesus, he said, I didn't come to abolish law. I come to fulfill the law. 
Ooh, we're going to take it a whole another step further. I've given you this earth. I want you to protect it. I want you to steward it. I want you to do the best you can do with it. The Holy Spirit's working in us and we're thinking differently. Things are changing and transforming and getting us to go in a different way. There's coming a day when we'll be with God in a glorified state and we'll be with Him forever. When we die, we immediately go with the Lord. But on resurrection day, the rapture day, our bodies will come up out of the grave. Amen. If we've died, they're going to come up out of the grave. If we're alive, our bodies will instantly be changed. Either way, our bodies will take on an immortality and be perfect in every way. I think I'm going to be about 32 years old body. God wants us to experience Jesus' resurrection power in our lives. He wants us to experience that. He wants us to shed these things off of us and walk out of the grave. You're leaving the grave. You're no longer a slave. Get the heck out of it. Don't go back to it. Arise, Lazarus. It's available power. We need it where we're at in these days. That resurrection power is amazing. To live differently, to walk differently. Have people say, what happened to the old Joe? I had to walk out of the tomb. I had to be a new creature in Christ. The key to walking in power found knowing revelation. It's knowing and it's revelation. It's not head knowledge. It's believing the word of God. When you have revelation, there becomes transformation. Whenever you get in a spot, I'm not coming back here. I'm done. I walked off. I'm not happy with that. You know what? The grave stinks, and I'm not coming back to the grave no more. Let us all live in that resurrection power. Let us all walk out and say, I'm not coming back no more. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold in others today. Be blessed, but better yet, be a blessing.